From the KLYT Broadcast Studio, this is ABQ Connect. Your input on today's topic is important to us. Join in the conversation by calling 505-338-5790 or text 505-585-LIVE. ABQ Connect. Welcome into ABQ Connect. Happy Monday. Carla Sontag with the New Mexico Business Coalition and Better Together New Mexico. She's the president and CEO, is in studio with me. This is Jim Williams sitting in for Steve Ryman. Again, Steve will be back with you Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And Carla, you're going to have another update uh, early in February about the legislative session with Steve Ryman. Yes, right before it ends, we'll be back for and, an update. And we, we, I so much appreciate you being here because I know you're, you said – in our little communication while we were getting ready, 24 hours a day is not an unreal thing. You are going, burning the candle from both ends, aren't you? Oh, yeah. And, you know, even when I have the four hours to lay down in bed, I can't sleep because my mind is just churning with all the things we need to take care of. So I want our, our you've been on quite a bit. But I want our listeners to know a little bit about Carla, and uh, I want them to know a little bit about why you feel God's called you to lead the New Mexico Business Coalition and then your sister organization, Better Together New Mexico. Yeah, well, there's no question about it. I have been a Christian since I was a young girl. Um, I have been working on behalf of business for decades, and in 2009, I just was so frustrated with what I saw as some evil in Santa Fe, but some just not understanding what was better for the state. A lot of prayer. And God led me to stay and fight for what's right in the state. And that was the birth of the New Mexico Business Coalition. And so we've been doing that for 15 years. But during COVID, we realized we had a very disjointed effort with people on our side. So we started bringing them together, organizing, and it's phenomenal what has come out of that. That's Better Together New Mexico. You're not having the dividing lines that we see in New Mexico politics, even though you have business owners that are different political affiliations. Oh, yeah. Both organizations are completely nonpartisan because we truly don't think that good business practices or good um, government for the state should be a political partisan issue. It's for the good of the people. And so we literally have brought together everybody, Democrats, Republicans, independents, libertarians, you name it. Uh, people are joining with us because they see we're very policy focused. And it's funny to me, the, the, the fact is, is that every person, regardless of your political affiliation, if you have a family, you need to feed your family. You want your family to be safe. Yes. Uh, you want your children to be well-educated. You want them to have job opportunities. I don't know about you. I have three of my girls here, but my two boys have moved away. Mm. And they've moved away because the opportunities are limited in their fields of yes. choice. And I think uh, I may have soon my daughters moving on out of the state, I hope. There's opportunities here that happen, but you've stayed here because you believe in New Mexico and, and you and Larry, your, your husband is a former law enforcement um, person with the Albuquerque Police Department. You guys have been together a long time. You're, you're fighting these battles and these, this really is a fight. Oh, yeah. Um, now, I want to qualify something. You used the word evil in regard to some political decisions that are made, but in the same breath, you're very thankful as I am about the people that serve in our legislature. The people that are putting in the time. 
Yes, absolutely. But I will tell you that there is a big divide in Santa Fe, and you know those people who follow the Lord and those who don't. Mm-hmm. And when I talk about the evil, I I'm talking about people that don't know the Lord and they don't know better. I mean, we pray for them. We pray for all of them. But there is, uh, to a Christian, if you go up there in that environment, you you can feel the difference. And you can tell when you're talking to somebody who's very focused on the Lord and doing the right thing and those who have a different agenda. I've owned three or four different companies in my career. Um, I mean, the majority of my career was spent in commercial and residential real estate lending, but I, I formed a couple mortgage companies. I, I paid people commissions. I had hourly wages I was paying. I had benefits, all of those different things. So let's start with, uh, H let's see, HB six house bill six house bill 11, uh, Senate Bill 3, these are all having to do with the Paid Family and Medical Leave Act because no longer is it if you want to hire a couple of employees and run a small business, you're not just calculating $15 an hour plus benefits. You are calculating you may have to pay into some fund, I'll call it like a Social Security fund, mm-hmm. Um that is somehow going to provide 12 or 13 weeks of paid sick leave. So your expenses for every employee are going up exponentially. Yes. Yes. And so, you know, just two years ago, the legislature passed paid family uh, or paid sick leave. And so that is eight days a year paid. So that's a week and a half already paid. Now they're coming back in one of these bills well, actually two of the bills, and they want 12 weeks paid. Now, it won't be paid directly dollar for dollar by the employer. Instead, they're going to be taxed for this, the employer and the employee. One of the bills is going to be focused on just the employee paying. But bottom line, Jim, no matter how you slice it, the employee is going to be taxed. Yes, and and the goods and services that that, that uh, business provides are the costs of their business and everything they sell is going to go up. Yes. So they can compensate. And can New Mexico afford any more inflation? Oh, my gosh. Well, think about it. When you go to the store, you know, products are getting smaller and prices are going up. And you go out to eat and sometimes restaurant prices have tripled in the last three and four years. So... Now, the employer is not going to have any choice. They're going to have to cover this tax. And so, therefore, we're going to have to increase prices again. So I want to give our listeners a couple of websites. So nmbizcoalition.org is Better Together New Mexico, primarily to do with business. And there are a lot of things, like, for example, the workman's compensation bill, um, the uh, um, unemployment um fund that was available during COVID, you did a lot of work to try to protect businesses from just getting taxed out of this world so they could afford to recover after 2020. Oh, yes. Our work on the unemployment insurance tax alone with the New Mexico Business Coalition, we estimate saved about $1,350 per employee because I served, I was uh, appointed by the governor that was Martinez, to work on that commission. I knew that law, and I knew what was going to happen when it was depleted because of COVID, because everybody was out of work. So we immediately went to work and 
asked the legislature and the governor not to do that on the back of businesses. It wasn't their choice that everybody was put out of work. So we we got it done. We saved them a lot of money. But this is what our fight is all the time, to let our businesses operate and let them make a profit. That's not a bad word. So we you also have another website. It's called Better Together New Mexico, all spelled out, dot org. BetterTogetherNewMexico.org. Yes. And on that website, you can go to Take Action. That's right. I did it this morning. Oh, good. And you've listed easily 16 bills or so mm-hmm. that you basically click on each one of them. And you're obviously saying, hey, we believe in this one. We don't believe in that one. You have a stand that Correct. you're taking. But it's very educational to read through it. And what I noticed, in, and by the way, I didn't agree with everything. Mm-hmm. You're still going to talk to me? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm just and you. No, I think that's really good because we put those all up there. And um, to be honest with you, there are some that I won't choose to take action on. Everybody has a choice. And you can go and see what issues resonate with you and what doesn't. Um, I think all the ones we have posted so far do resonate with me, and I yeah. will. Um, but there are some coming up that are really not not that near and dear to my heart. And that's okay. The point is we've done this uh, where it's automatically going to the decision maker. So you let's tell people how I want to make sure they know my experience, because I think it's important how simple it is. If I can do it truly, everybody can do it. So what you do is you, you put in your name and your address um, and your email address. Mm-hmm. And, and what happens is um, that provides some background that this is a legitimate person. Yes. And then your system creates an email that is sent to your representatives in both the Senate and the state Senate and the state legislature. Yes. Now, sometimes it depends on how we have it targeted. So we do target by a person being a constituent of the representative or the senator. Mm -hmm. Um, But a lot of times we're targeting committees because the committee is going to make that decision coming up. We've got a couple of bills that will be heard tomorrow morning, for example. And we want the committee members to hear from our people. So it's automatically we're doing it on the back end and we're constantly updating. So if it passes a committee and goes on to the next one we're immediately targeting the next committee so it's important to always check back on the website on that take action page and see where everything is because it moves very very fast in santa and what's nice about the system is you put in your personal information it targets the committee or your representatives and then it it constructs an email now it allows you to modify that email if you want to add or subtract from it Absolutely. And it doesn't take the whole thing, the whole process for each one of the action items doesn't take three minutes. Right. I mean, it's fast. I went through all of them this morning. Now, I didn't choose to take action on all of them, as I already mentioned, mainly because I wasn't sure I knew what I needed to know. Right. And so now I'll spend some time even on your websites finding out more information. But I want to give the the people that are listening to this show and this station are Christian people largely? I mean, there's some people that are not believers. And I and I hope that those people are listening intently because I want them to feel like we're fairly analyzing. This is not this is this is trying to do the best for all of us. Yes. Whether you believe or not. That's exactly right. That's our whole intent. We're looking out for the good of the people in New Mexico. No matter who you are, we want what is best for you. And 
we have a philosophy of what that is, then you may not agree with it. And so you either don't take action or you can change the email to fit your purposes. We want people to have easy tools to use to express their opinion because it's very important to be engaged. I And we can't spend a whole lot of time on any one of these things. So I'm hoping to give people a good overview uh, of different things. But let's go to a different topic now. Um, HB 41 is the Clean Transportation Fuel Standards Bill. Uh, but before you answer my questions about what that is, I want to ask you just a general question. Is the New Mexico Business Coalition, or Better Together New Mexico, against developing technologies that would be more sustainable, uh, energy efficient, and environmentally beneficial to our state and our planet? Absolutely not. We completely support that. We want to see diversification in energy production. I think it's important for everybody. And who doesn't want a clean environment, clean air, clean water? Of course we do. We want to see balance, though, between having a clean environment and having those resources that we need available and usable, because that means jobs and it means people can support their family. Yes. So oil and gas production, for example, I'm all about it. That's 50% of our state budget, provides the lion's share of jobs, good paying jobs in the state. I don't think that we are going to get off of oil and gas anytime soon. Um, but we're simultaneously looking at hydrogen and developing solar and working on um, renewables in other forms, even hydro. And so that's great. Let's do all of it, but let's make it cost effective. Yeah, too. I, I do want to point out just some obvious things. Number one, um, where's the electricity going to come from that's going to power all these electric cars? Where's all the oil going to come from that lubricates the parts of all these electric cars? You know what I'm saying? I mean, yes. these are things that I believe have not been thought through. There's well, no plan. That's exactly right. And when you look what uh, oil and gas Oil in particular, it's in the fiber of our clothing. Mm. It's in almost every product that we use. It's in plastics. It's in different parts of our vehicle. It's not just the fuel that goes in the tank. And so you may be able to find a different way to power the vehicle, but you're not going to replace the parts of the vehicle. Yes. If you don't have oil, you're kind of out of luck in that end. And people don't think about that. And yes, and they, they absolutely don't. And again, they don't think about the jobs and the people that will be displaced, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Um, plus, they don't think about, you know, different things about the other impact on, like, for example, I don't know if you've seen all these wind farms that are going up, not just in our state, but other states. For some reason, I'm told that the blades on those big wind turbines are not recyclable. That's right. And so there's now this graveyard of wind turbine uh, turbine blades. I, I just, to me, it's just the, the epitome of hypocrisy. Yes. What are we doing here? Let's come up with a plan. There are cool technologies. Um, you know, nuclear energy for some reason has been discounted. I'm not sure why mm. somebody's still afraid. I don't know. But there's a lot of questions. And all I really hope to stimulate during this show is please ask the questions. Right. Please pray about what you're hearing from the Lord. Do some actual research. And you can do that 
at uh, nmbizcoalition.org or bettertogethernewmexico.org. I'm with Carla Sontag. We'll be back with more on ABQ Connect right after these messages. Thank you for joining us on ABQ Connect. Carla Sontag is the president and CEO of the New Mexico Business Coalition and Better Together New Mexico. Two websites, nmbizcoalition.org. That's N-M-B-I-Z coalition.org and better together new mexico all spelled out.org carlo we're going to touch on a whole bunch of sub subjects um, we already did in the first you know 15 minute segment and we've got a lot more to go all the way up till two o'clock where can people get details about what we're talking about well in our i think our website's pretty easy to navigate so if you go to those websites you should be able to find the information that you're looking for and if you don't just contact us. Send us an email uh, right there on site. You can do that at nmbizcoalition.org or bettertogethernewmexico.org, all spelled out, Better Together New Mexico. Um, if you abbreviate that, you'll get a surprise, and that's not us. <laughs> what if you go to uh, nmlegis.gov? That's the legislature's website. Is that a useful tool? Yes, Um and they do a really good job of trying to stay up with everything. Everything moves so fast. But you can look up the bills there. Eventually, they will start posting analysis that come from inside government, generally. But some of those analysis will also include opinions of outside groups. But nmlegis.gov, you can uh, go under legislation, and you can search by name by topic by words by the actual bill number so if you don't know a lot about it you can also search by uh, the person that is sponsoring it if you happen to know that you can go to their page and see all the legislation they've uh, sponsored that's posted and then find the bill that way there's it's really easy to do once you get on there and maneuver around so there's a lot of things going on. We've already talked about some things that you're kind of against. Number one being um, this Paid Family and Medical Leave Act. That's yes. going to really burden small businesses. Um, and employees. And employees. Yeah. I mean, and, and consumers, ultimately, because oh, they're yeah. going to end up being the ones that pay. Everybody's going to get hurt by that, I think. Um, now... I guess I would ask the question, um, there are people that have a legitimate reason to take off of work. Um, I don't know if there's a law preserving your job if you have to go take care of your family for a couple of months. I, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's some things that could be done there. But putting the burden on the business owner just doesn't seem to be the answer. Well, it's really putting them in a very awkward situation because what happens is You've got somebody that takes 12 weeks of leave. The employer is tasked with continuing their health insurance if they have that available and all the other benefits. They have to um, provide that same or equivalent job when the employee comes back. Now, in the meantime, that employer may not be able to handle that job. If you're in a really large company, you can maybe filter out some of those duties and have some sharing of the responsibility. In a small business, you can't do that. You can't function without that employee oftentimes. So then what do you do? Do you hire a temp? Do you hire somebody else? And then what do you do when the employee comes back? What if the employee decides not to come back? Yeah, that's interesting. Carl, I should address, since you have both of your organizations are not-for-profit organizations, mm -hmm. 
Are these rules applicable to employers that are not for-profit organizations? They will. Um, There is an exemption in the new bill that came out uh, on one of them that will allow, this is only for employers of five or more employees. So a small organization would be exempt. Employees of any size, even if the employer is exempt, the employee will not be exempt. Every employee will be taxed for that program. Wow. So I can tell you my employees are not happy about that. And there's nothing I can do besides work with them to try to get it stopped. Right, right. Um, Would you mind reviewing some of the so-called public safety bills? And by the way, Carla, I say that tongue in cheek because so many times things at the legislature, we've talked about this for the last two or three years, sometimes the bills and their titles mean the exact opposite of what they actually are. Mm. You know, and it's interesting to me, we've had some people up there focusing on crime and safety for a decade and been largely ignored. They did it because they came out of law enforcement. They knew we had problems. They were trying to address it. Now we're in a crisis situation. Everybody wants crime and safety addressed. And so everybody's jumping on the bandwagon. But unfortunately, what we're seeing is some of these laws actually give more rights to the criminals than the law-abiding citizens. And so you see some gun legislation coming out. And whether you're a gun carrier or not, you want to make sure that the law is targeting criminal behavior, not law-abiding citizens who may own and use a gun. Right. Right? Because those are people that are using it just for defense and they don't want to have to use it. Nobody in their right mind wants to use a gun. The criminal element is totally different. They're, they don't care. They'll use the gun. Life has very little value to them. And so taking a life doesn't mean what it means to you and I, where we would only do that in dire situation. I had somebody in law enforcement say on this program, um, Criminals often don't care about their own lives. Right. So they're not going to value your life. Exactly. And so to take your life for 20 bucks is really not a thing they even think about. Mm-hmm. And again, that's that evil that you were talking yes. about. If, if they realized, if any person listening now would realize that you are valuable to God and God has things he wants to do through and in your life. And if you do those, you're going to be fulfilled. You're going to be happy. You're going to be prosperous. You're, I mean, it, 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 when I say it's simple, it is simple. Mm -hmm. It might take hard work. Yes. (laughs) You know, hard work is not complicated many times. It's just hard work. It's dedication, perseverance, getting through it. Yeah. And, and I think anybody that's achieved anything, I've been really uh, enjoying watching these old YouTube interviews of these very famous athletes. And many of them came from impoverished backgrounds. And it's inspiring to hear about the things they overcame and the hard work and the focus and the dues that they had to pay. And few of them will acknowledge, yeah, God bless me, but some of them do. Some of them say, wow, I'm so blessed that I was led by the Lord and now I'm, I have this for my family. And, but I believe that for everybody. Yes. Well, and when I referred to evil, too, this is off topic of guns and we'll get back to that. But we have, for example, a satanic organization that has moved in to New Mexico for the purpose of abortion. And they talk about this being done for satanic worship reasons a person 
doesn't have to be a believer to know that's just evil. That yeah. is just wrong. And so, yeah, I'm not I'm not categorizing people. I'm talking about actions. I'm talking about things that are going on in Santa Fe. So anyway, that was a side note. So, so some of the things that are going on that are now being proposed in the name of public safety are? Well, yeah, there's a lot, and there's more to come. Some of the ones that— By the way, this is supposed to be a budget session, right? 30-day budget session? Yes, and so the governor has to write a memo and say that she will allow either topics of other bills or specific bills. So she is allowing paid family medical leave. She's allowing these gun laws to be considered, or bills. Um, But, for example, Senate Bill 39, limiting incarceration for technical violations of probation and parole. This this falls under safety. Well, this also goes right back into our revolving door. We're saying, well, you know, it's it shouldn't be a big deal that they violated parole. They served their time. Now they're on parole. Well, <laughs> maybe it should be a big thing yeah. because if they violated it, then they're obviously not trying to integrate into society and become law abiding citizens. That's a big deal. And so we have uh, someone that has introduced this bill to uh, give more consideration to the criminal than to the rest of us. Those are very concerning. Um, there's one that's creating the gun storage income tax credit. So they'll give you a credit if you buy something to store your guns in. That's fine. You know, it's kind of nanny state stuff when we're trying to pay for all your expenses. But things have gotten pretty pricey here. And and if we can help somebody store a gun safely, maybe that's not a bad idea. Maybe not. But again, I want people to listen to these things and pray about them and think about them. Yes. And then make your own decision. But don't just let your so-called representatives vote on all of this stuff because right. I want you to know there are influences coming at them from all kinds of different directions. And uh, some of those influencers are not, um, they're not doing the right thing for all of us. Yeah. And basically what Jim is saying, there's a lot of money flowing in Santa Fe. Yeah. Now they have a, a period of time during the legislative session in a short period before and after that they're not supposed to be giving legislators money, but they give them IOUs or they pay them off big time at the beginning, or they say, you do this for me and you'll get a big check afterwards. And, and then there's a lot of um, money flowing in lobbyists buying lunches and paying for dinners and buying drinks and socialization. And it goes on and on and on. And so I have been up there lobbying for business for decades. I have had to register as a lobbyist. I am not a paid lobbyist. I am up there doing it for the good of the state, and I will not take money for a cause. I also will not give legislators money. And that kind of makes them crazy because they think if I'm up there lobbying on legislation, I should be passing out checks. Not my policy. And I tell them, We either agree in principle or we don't. Carla, we're going to come back after this break and talk more about these safety proposals. Um, But I do want to say one other thing about money. Your organizations are not-for-profit, 501c3 organizations. You are trying to improve New Mexico, and you are not receiving any funding except from donations that people want to support you. So is it easy to give, and how do you do that? 
It's very easy. You can give on our website. Um, and we really appreciate that because we vowed we would not take government money because I'm not going to be influenced by it either. So all of our money is voluntarily given to us in dues or contributions. And we uh, thank God for every dime that comes in. Yeah. And you can go to nmbizcoalition.org or bettertogethernewmexico.org. Uh, Better Together New Mexico's really addressing um, most of the legislation that's coming through. Mm-hmm. Um, the New Mexico Business Coalition is really addressing those items which are specific to doing business in New Mexico. Correct. We'll be back with Sar- Carla Sontag right after these messages. Stay with us. Carla Sontag with the New Mexico Business Coalition is in studio with us. Um, Carla, you've been called uh, one of the bravest women in New Mexico. Um, And and I would say if you're a man or a woman, you're one of the bravest people that I know. But it's interesting to me that you have, on behalf of women everywhere, you've taken the ball and you're running with it to to really do a lot for all of New Mexico. So thank you for doing that. Well, thank you. But, you know, I'll tell you, as we talked about earlier, I feel this is a calling and I'm just trying to be obedient. And we try to keep God in front of everything that we do. We pray without ceasing about what should we be working on? What is in the best interest of New Mexicans? And we follow his guidance because um, that's what it's all about to us. Yeah. Well, the purpose of this show today, and then again, uh, first week of February, when you'll be on the air with Steve Ryman, is to kind of review what the New Mexico legislature is considering. And we started talking about public safety uh, concerns, and we talked about a couple of them. I'm going to let you kind of go through some more of the list. Well, one of the things that I have a concern about, as I said earlier, is that we're there is a group up there serving us right now that their idea of crime is to look to the benefit of our criminals. They're uh, concerned that we're going to overload our jails and prisons again. Mind you, our jails and prisons are at about 30%. Because of the bail reform we did a few years ago, which was intended to lessen the overcrowding, well, now we're talking about closing them because we can't even afford to keep them open because there's so many people that are on the streets rather than incarcerated, which is driving up the crime rate. So now our legislature comes back and they've heard this public outcry, we want more safe streets throughout the state. And again, we're looking at things like there's a bill for a 14-day waiting period to buy a gun. Um, That is too long for somebody that is in need of protection. And so that doesn't make sense that we should be doing that. And they also want to make it a 21-year age limit for someone to buy a gun or buy ammo. And that is problematic because, you know, our people at 18 can serve in the military, carry a gun and protect us, but yet they can't buy a gun for their own protection. It just doesn't make sense. Some of the things that we're looking at, there are other things that do make sense. Uh, Senate Bill 96, increasing the penalty for attempted murder and second degree murder. Absolutely. Our prison sentences or criminal sentences are much too short many times. And so those are good things. But some of this other stuff, um, I think that we've got to be very careful about what we're doing and why we're doing it. Senate Bill 122, 
uh, establishing when a rebuttable presumption arises that a defendant is likely to pose a threat to the safety of others. This puts more pressure on the defense attorney to prove why somebody shouldn't be incarcerated. We've had this revolving door. We've got criminals put back on the street before police officers get the paperwork finished. That's how quick it is. and Which is very disheartening it to is. people in law enforcement. And especially if you're the victim of the crime they committed or part of the family. You know, we've got to... This is where... It's really important that we look at the good of society as a whole, not that individual criminal. I'm not a heartless person. I do believe that some criminals can be rehabilitated and go back into society. And I know people like that. And they, when they have changed their life, that's great. And I'm all about trying to find those that want to make that change and helping them. But in the meantime, as we're sorting out who's changeable and who's not, who's got the will and who doesn't, keep them incarcerated and keep the rest of us safe. Don't put them back on the street as an experiment to see if they'll recommit a crime. Yeah, there's so many crimes committed by repeat offenders. It's just kind of crazy. Um, I had a Shelly rep with the um, NM Dream Center. They help children that are being trafficked. Um, Mm. They take them off the street, provide a place for them. Uh, they do some casework so they can, you know, get them into safety, really. And these are a lot of really young people. So they've kind of helped put together with a group of people, HB 116, which is the Human Trafficking and Sexual Exploitation Crime Bill. And that bill is designed to increase penalties so that judges can actually prosecute and sentence people. For example, um, and, and I don't know the specifics of this. I'll, I'll have to listen to my interview with Shelly again. But basically what she said is right now, if you were to uh, go commit a felony, um, XYZ felony, you know, rob a bank or do something like that, you're subject to, you know, some some penalties, some jail time. But if you traffic a human being, basically sell someone into slavery, you're like going to be sentenced to six months and uh, oh, wow. and then released on your own recognizance. What? I mean, to me, you ought to be in jail for 30 years. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't do that to another person. That's right. And anyway, but again, go into uh, nmlegis.gov and take a look at HB 116, just as one example. And then uh, go to the New Mexico. Well, go to bettertogethernewmexico.org and Think about taking some action on on some of these bills and actually communicating with the committee members. Mm-hmm. It's all automated for you. You can the the email is suggested for you, but you can change it yes. to what you want it to be. Nobody's telling you what to say. Exactly. And if you love the bill, tell them you love the bill. Uh, right. I'm just asking if you would take the time and the consideration to try to uh, you know do something about participating in this process because. We need to start participating. You've already mentioned that the New Mexico Business Coalition and Better Together New Mexico is a nonpartisan organization. You have people with affiliations in every party, some that haven't voted, I'm sure, but they're participating in that they want to be part of the process now. They want to support others that that have the same ideals. And frankly, Carla, that's what I thought the political process was. 
Well, it should be because we're a representative government, right? And I think people that haven't voted in the past, when they start getting a sense of what is happening in Santa Fe, I think they're going to vote in November. I think we need to make some better choices. And these people that uh, tend to support the criminals' rights over the rest of us, maybe they need to find something else to do rather than making laws that make it easier to be a criminal in New Mexico. Yeah, and by the way, I wouldn't be surprised if many of those people that are for those bills are attorneys. There are a lot of attorneys up there. Well, and and I we need attorneys. We, we do absolutely need. You know, our our uh, our whole system of government is built upon you know defending people and uh, you know presuming innocence and all of those different things. But when you just let people walk and not give any accountability, um, you know, human nature. Uh, we know as Christians, even of ourselves, we're not surprised by sin. We expect sin. Mm-hmm. The nature of human beings is not warm and fuzzy. It's selfish and self-centered. That's right. That's the way we all are. And sometimes that creeps out. Love is what overcomes that. Love is where you consider another person over your own desires. And, right. and that's not, again, complicated, but sometimes it's really hard work. It is. and But I will tell you, Jim, you know, we do have a lot of attorneys in Santa Fe. It doesn't mean that they necessarily agree with us on legislation, and it doesn't mean that they necessarily read and understand the bills. I am in a debate with a longtime senator in Santa Fe about qualified immunity for our police force. And he straight out called me a liar and said it does exist, that they did not take away qualified immunity. And I said, you know, you helped get that law passed. You voted for it. Carla, we're going to spend our last segment talking about this exact subject. Okay. So let's take a quick break, say thank you to our sponsors, because we do appreciate them. Yes. Very, very much, as you do to the people that donated support the New Mexico Business Coalition. Uh, We'll be back with Carla Sontag right after these messages. Thank you for joining us on ABQ Connect. Jim Williams with you here. Carla Sontag with the New Mexico Business Coalition and Better Together New Mexico is in studio with me. Uh, Carla, I'm going to read something uh, to you from the University of Pittsburgh School of Law. It's an article that was published April of 2021 by Hannah Brem. She says, Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham of New Mexico, again, this is April 10th, 2021, signed a law on Wednesday which eliminates the defense of qualified immunity for public officials, including police officers. Qualified immunity protects government officials from being held personally liable for constitutional violations. She further writes, the new law provides in any claim for damages or relief under the New Mexico Civil Rights Act, no public body or person acting on behalf of under color or within the course and scope of the authority of a public body shall enjoy the defense of qualified immunity for causing the deprivation of any rights, privileges, or immunities secured by the Bill of Rights of the Constitution of New Mexico. Again, University of Pittsburgh School of Law, mm-hmm. writing about New Mexico, obviously because it's a significant law. Now, in my opinion, I have a lot of friends, you know, that are retired APD officers, yes. Bernalillo County Sheriff's officers, including your husband. Right. Who are going to say that this single 
law going into it being signed may be one of the most devastating things to law enforcement in our state. It is. Why, if you're considering career paths, why would you want to put your life on the line every single day protecting people and know that if something happens during the course of that work and you've done nothing wrong, that you're also putting your personal wealth and your family's well-being on the line as well? Who wants to do that? We're lucky to have the officers that we do have, and God bless them. We pray for their safety. But that is a hard choice for them to make, to put their life on the line, and now their financial well-being and that of their family as well. Carla, I would say that before this law was passed, people that were not doing the right thing in law enforcement we're still going to be prosecuted and stuff for doing the wrong thing. Absolutely. And they could be removed and they could be punished. Crimes are crimes. And yes. The, and the laws were already in place. All this has done is made it absolutely unaffordable and untenable for a family person, man or woman, to be in law enforcement. And many people have told me that this is why New Mexico has such a hard time Recruit, re, recruiting law enforcement officers. Not this is just one of many things. The other yes. mi, other one might be with APD, like under the scrutiny of DOJ, which that's a whole different topic. I'd like to just say, why is DOJ here? Why have we been paying, you know, that organization over a million dollars a year to, in my opinion, do nothing? I mean, I I just can't even figure that out at all. But that's a a different subject. <laughs> right. All I know is right now we're 400 police officers behind where we should be. And if you want to stop crime, we need the presence, the professional presence. Now, has APD, does APD and any other law enforcement agency need to improve? We all need to improve. Yes. So we got to practice. We got to train. Yeah. Okay. I'm not, uh, no, no opposition at all. We do things wrong, we make them right. And, and we well, that. yes, and that's the thing. Officers have never been above the law. So if they did something, even in the line of duty, that was outside of their training, outside of the law, they were going to be held accountable. That is that is nothing new. It's always been that way. What's new is this law that the governor signed, taking away qualified immunity for damages that may occur if they are operating within the law and within their training, now they can be held personally liable. But here's the funny thing about that. So let's say that now that this is in place, some person was wrong and they're going to sue that individual. Well, that individual doesn't have any assets. You know, right. even if they have a house, how much are you going to get? You know, what the responsibility really needs to be on government. They need to pay for the insurance. Mm -hmm. They need to train to a level where the insurance scrutinizes their behavior and what they're doing. And that's the way it's handled. And that way people would have actual uh, benefit by filing claims if they're wrong. That's right. And that's the way it is in just about every other police department. That's why this was a big deal. And you have somebody in Pittsburgh writing about New Mexico because it's a problem. It's a problem nationwide, and, and nobody is happy to see what happened to our police officers here. Carl, I know business doesn't, or, or, or government doesn't work like business, but this bill was passed in 2021. Do we not have enough data points now to say this is failing? Can we change it? 
this is miserable. And But that's what I was saying right before the break. I'm in a debate with one of the senators that pushed this law, and he straight out said, I'm lying about this, that they did not, in fact, take qualified immunity when he's the one that helped sponsor the bill and get it passed. And so, I, I mean, I don't know what the debate is. It's in black and white. And as an attorney, which he is, long time, I've suggested he just go read the law because it's clear that they've taken away qualified immunity. Yeah, and here's a quote from the law right here. I mean, yeah. yeah. And so I'll send him this article and that'll maybe, I don't know, but my question to him was simply that started this debate, can we fix the problem with qualified immunity? And that's when he said, no, we didn't do that. You don't understand. And I said, oh, I understand very clearly what happened and it needs to be fixed because our police force is hurting as a result which means all of society is because we don't have the officers that we need yeah and i i know you know here we have a windfall of money from the oil and gas business but we have the paradox of democrats in our fair state trying to put oil and gas out of business yes but all the money's coming from that so they want to take the credit for all this you know, budget surplus, but they want to put oil and gas out of out of business. Um, th- that's again a subject for uh, more in depth study, which we don't have time to do today. Yes. But I, I want to ask you about this, Carla. Okay, you have an or- you have a meeting coming up February twentieth at five o'clock p.m. Um, it's the ABQ Crime Crisis Meeting. Tell us about that. Yes. So in Albuquerque, crime has just gone through the roof, and we have done a lot of research and we know the problem. The problem is that the mayor of Albuquerque has a chief of police and together they have decided they will not enforce certain laws. And so we have said we're ready to sue the city to compel them to enforce existing laws. We're not looking for money. We're looking for them to do their job. And so we're going to have a discussion on February 20th. Uh, It's a rally over the crime and a fundraiser. We're raising the money. We have now signed a letter of intent with the law firm in Arizona who won a similar lawsuit against the city of Phoenix. I, I love the fact, Carla, that you go to other states and other municipalities and you find out policy that's working. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go back to the very first thing we talked about, which is this um, um, paid leave bill. That This is now a tax, and it's being modeled, I guess, after a couple of states that have actually gone bankrupt trying to do it. Yeah, the or the uh, or the program, the program. Yes, in Oregon and Washington State, they bankrupted that whole uh, fund that they set out to do paid family medical leave in a very short time, and that's why the state of New Mexico said, "Well, we'll start taxing everybody and collect the tax for a year before we will let them have the benefit or anybody to have the benefit." But they were told, even with that analysis, that New Mexico's system will bankrupt. And so they've written into the law that they can go back and change the tax amount when they need to. Again, just be more burden on New Mexico businesses and employees. But it leaves it in their hands. So initially, they're telling you how much they will tax you. 
But if it doesn't cover expenses, they'll go do whatever they want. I found it interesting that that tax doesn't begin until 2026. What's the significance of that? Well, it would be because the governor won't be in office anymore. (laughs) She doesn't want the backlash. If this passes, she wants to sign it, and she said she would. But she doesn't want the backlash when it goes into effect. And every one of our employees start getting taxed. Here's one of the things I like about Carla Sontag. We've taken her out of the marathon of the New Mexico legislature for an hour today. So she's behind one hour. This lady will catch up in the next 15 minutes as soon as she leaves the (laughs) studio. What do you expect to happen in the remaining days of the session? I think it's going to be a little bit brutal because the governor and uh, her people have decided what they will have and what they won't have. And so we're asking people now more than ever to engage, make sure your voice is heard, let them know where you stand. And then keep in mind, win, draw or lose, you have a choice to make in November. And. You know, we do need to think about that. We've just seen, you know, nationally the Iowa caucuses and and the the run for uh, president on the Republican side, and you know what's happening on the Democrat side. We already know the incumbent Joe Biden is running again. So, think about all these things happening. Um, I it is complicated. I shouldn't say that. I don't actually think it's complicated. There's just a lot of information. Yes. So start today. You don't have to spend hours on the internet. You could go read for half an hour, 45 minutes every day and really start to digest all of the information, begin to pray for our leadership, even people that you don't agree with. Yes. And you may not like pray for them, pray for God's favor in their lives, pray for him to convict them and lead them and make them sensitive to his leading. I mean, there's just so much we need. Yes. Carla, you'll be back here the first week of February talking with Steve Ryman and uh, recapping more of what's gone in the New Mexico legislative session. Thanks and God bless you. Oh, thank you.